is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're so mad, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! Ooh, yeah. I am the game. Costco said so. Oh my god! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Waterrush. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Everyone has a price. Yeah, I've come here to fight. Sandy innovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell. <laughs> California, City of Angels, Storby Trouble, uh, right, I've been preaching this all my life, right bro, out the windows, watch out, here we go, old school fans, we take you back to the year 2000 as WrestleMania again in California, returning again to the home of WrestleMania 12, this time for WrestleMania 2000, the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. This is Beyond the Bell on the SNS Radio Network, and we present WrestleMania 2000. Tonight we cover the background, the event itself, and its place in history. Formerly WrestleMania 16, we discuss the year 2000, a new era in professional wrestling as the WWF claims supremacy and domination over the Monday Night War as we enter the new millennium in sports entertainment. Those two men put a smile on her face. King of Sugar envious of that. This should be an amazing offensive display. And the first ever triangle ladder match. And Christian for the new champions. First lady to throw her opponent to the floor will win this matchup. Pull the, pull the cat out of the ring. Terry has won the match. Six person tag action. Kinda cools off the Latino heat. Poundstone. Tay got his retribution. There's Pete Rose. If the World Wrestling Federation can be declared winners of the Monday Night War just one year prior to WrestleMania 2000, then the current time period would be akin to smashing WCW's corpse into powder with a shovel. In August of 1999, WCW let one of their biggest and best talents slip through the cracks as Chris Jericho arrived in the World Wrestling Federation to much fanfare almost immediately rising to high-profile levels that never, ever got to sniff in Eric Bischoff's dwindling circus. Five months later, in January of 2000, after a booking shakeup and a rash of upper-card injuries, chaos reigned in WSW at one of the company's weakest thresholds. In the turmoil, beleaguered man-in-charge Bill Bush 
granted releases to four men that helped salvage the horrible booking with their in-ring work. Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Eddie Guerrero. The four men would appear in the WWF two weeks after their exodus and would be dubbed the Radicals upon entry. Life was already grand, however, for Vince McMahon, although Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker would miss this year's WrestleMania with serious injuries and with Mick Foley retiring after having one last match at the big event. The WWF still had enough reserve to move forward. Triple H was hitting his stride, hitting all cylinders as the top villain, heading into Anaheim already in his third WWF championship reign. By his side was Stephanie McMahon, who underwent a curious heel turn in the winter to become Hunter's conniving wife. The two formed a power couple, running roughshod over the WWF, the McMahon-Holmesley era. As they and the rest of DX thrived, the fans still had The Rock, Mick Foley, tag team sensations like the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, Too Cool, and a new star in Rikishi, the returning Fatu, all in their grasps. The WWF attitude yet reigned supreme. Quite a difference than the last time they were at WrestleMania at the Arrowhead Pond for Triple H won Hunter Hearst Helmsley as he narrowly survived two encounters with Cactus Jack, one a street fight, the other in a hell in a cell where he retired fully to carry the WWF Championship into WrestleMania 2000. A little different than his one-minute WrestleMania loss to the Ultimate Warrior in his WrestleMania debut. The Rock won the 2000 Royal Rumble, eliminating the Big Show in controversial fashion in the closing moments. While logic would indicate or dictate that The Rock vs. Triple H was the sensible main event for the biggest card of the year, that controversial ending would rear its ugly head. Show protested for weeks, using scores of evidence to convince Triple H, running the show after Vince McMahon walked out, quote-unquote, distraught over Stephanie's turn, to give him a match with The Rock to determine the true number one contender. At No Way Out 2000, Big Show defeated Rock after Shane McMahon interfered on Show's behalf. Rock would work his way back into the title picture by getting yet another match on the show. With The Big Show, this time with the seething Vince McMahon himself making his triumphant return, McMahon took his own son out took over as referee, and counted Rock's pin. The following week, Linda McMahon came into the picture, supporting McFoley in his bid to finally headline WrestleMania, unretiring him for that one night only. So the final picture was Triple H, with Stephanie as The Rock with Vince, versus The Big Show with Shane, versus McFoley with Linda for the WWF Championship, a McMahon in every corner. While the main event was somewhat tempered by this development, even dubbed, like I mentioned, McMahon in every corner, the rest of the card shaped up to be, or to accentuate, the fresh and new faces in the World Wrestling Federation. Kurt Angle, the Olympic gold medalist, had made his in-ring debut in November of 1999 and hit the ground running taking on the persona of an obvious goody-goody who brags about his accomplishments while being unable to figure out why the world finds him so obnoxious, Angle ascended the WWF ranks swiftly. 
He captured the European and Intercontinental titles with three weeks within each other. Amazing. A double champion. Angle was given a double challenge for the, news, for the new Millennium's first WrestleMania. A two-fall match. Angle would defend both titles in concurrent triple threat matches with charismatic rock star Chris Jericho and machine-like sadist Chris Benoit. The three fine technicians would compete for the Intercontinental belt in one fall, and then the European title right afterward. Also on the WWF's must-fly list were three tag teams that were on the cusp of being made true stars. WWF World Tag Team titles at the time reside with the Dudley Boys, fairly fresh from the groundbreaking run, their ground and infamous run in ECW. They will be paired together against Edge and Christian, who ditched their lost by uh, the Lost Boys' visage in favor of being a self-deluded broski and awesomely, totally awesomeness combination, and the Hardy Boys, who became teen idols for their youthful flair, as well as their daredevil antics and tactics. The match would attempt to raise the bar set by Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon 10 years prior, a triple threat ladder match with plenty of other weapons handy. Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler brought the action, brought to you all the action from ringside, while junior ring announcer Lillian Garcia kicked the show off with America the Beautiful. Rapper Ice T was on hand for a live performance before the opening match, while Pete Rose made his third consecutive appearance. Not only did he eat a choke slam this year, he also ate a stink face as well. Let's take you to the results. The Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan defeated the Godfather and D'Lo Brown in just over 9 minutes. This might be the most random opener in the history of WrestleMania. For the WF Hardcore title, Hardcore Holly won a duration challenge over Crash Holly, Bradshaw, Farouk, Taz, Viscera, Mosh, Thrasher, Taka Mishinoku, Funaki, Pete Gass, Rodney, Joey Abs, and others in 15 minutes flat to win the title. What's notable for this match was Tim White screwing up the final count, in which Crash was initially supposed to win, and for and as a result, Hardcore Holly was made the victor. So this was kind of a hardcore, invitational, not really a battle royal, but anything goes gauntlet, you, you name it. It was a hodgepodge, a, a mess, as was the hardcore division at this time. Then, tag team matchup, TNA, Test and Albert, defeated Head Cheese, Al Snow and Steve Blackman, in seven minutes. Two teams with the worst names for tag teams that you could ever see, but you know, this was the pay-per-view debut of Trish Stratus, however. For the WF World Tag Team Championship, the triple ladder match. Edge and Christian defeated the Hardys and the Dudleys to win the titles, and thus, a new standard was born. This crazy spot fest that was ahead of its time, although repeat matches of its type would blow this out of the water in terms of pacing, but this set the groundwork. It was still an incredible match that elevated six young talents to a new level. In an out-of-the-ring challenge, Terry defeated the Cat, as Val Venus was the special referee. And surprisingly, if you look back at the card, this was the only singles match on the show. It seemed as if every superstar needed a spot on this card. Every superstar on the active roster needed a spot on this card. 
China and Too Cool defeated Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. Not the best combination of talents in this six-man tag team matchup, but this was the WrestleMania debuts for Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. The two-fall Eurocontinental title match. Chris Benoit won the first fall over Kurt Angle, and Chris Jericho won the second. As a result, Chris Benoit won the Intercontinental title, and Chris Jericho won the European title. And that was the story. Angle losing both titles without being singularly defeated for either. It was a good match, although Jericho hated it with a passion, he said, as per his new book. But the crowd was was really dead for the match. But as were a lot of crowds were in, in that in that area of California, and some were hoping for a better match with the, with those three competitors together, but you were able to see at least those three competitors at a WrestleMania. Rikishi and Kane defeated X-Pac and the Road Dog. Tori became the first woman to ever take Rikishi's stink face. It was a good paycheck for her and her lousy efforts one year earlier. A terrible effort at that WrestleMania. For the WF World Heavyweight Championship, a McMahon in every corner, a fatal four-way elimination match. Triple H defeated The Rock, Mick Foley, and The Big Show. In an absolute shocker, Vince McMahon turned on The Rock with two chair shots and realigned himself with his daughter and son-in-law. The match was way too long for those combination of wrestlers. It dragged to a finish that satisfied no one, even if Rock did take out Hunter and the McMahons at the end for a good go-home feeling. This was really a main event you wish you would forget in WrestleMania history in all actuality. As truly you believe that the fatal four-way McMahon in every corner wasn't really the best idea. Even though we got one more match out of Mick Foley. Foley would, would go on to say that it was possibly a mistake coming back after he wanted to make his official retirement the month prior after losing to Triple H in the Hell in the Cell match. But he couldn't deny the money being flashed in front of him. Plus it was one more WrestleMania main event match for him. It was really his first main event match but one more WrestleMania appearance. And when we return, we look back at WrestleMania 2000's place in history. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you having trouble watching streaming media outside of the United States? Or do you want to protect your identity and location over the Internet? Unblock Us is the answer for you. Faster than any VPN Unblock Us is a great service which allows any device to access media streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and iPlayer from anywhere in the world without needing to use a VPN. Unblock Us is not a traditional VPN service. They route your location requests through their own servers which in turn masks your true location to those sites which require it. They work with more devices than a traditional VPN does, such as Apple TV, Xbox, and PlayStation, as well as all your traditional devices, like phones, tablets, and PCs. Think it's too hard to set up? Unblockus offers one of the largest collections of user-friendly setup guides ever seen, covering computers, game consoles, routers, TVs, and mobile devices. At just $4.99 per month. All of your devices are covered. No hidden messages or services. Unblock Us offers a 7-day unrestricted free trial, 
all you need is an email address to begin the trial with no upfront payment details. So go now to snsradionetwork.com or btbcast.com and click on the Unblock Us banner and start watching your favorite videos with full security and anonymity. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Clearly, with bizarre booking, Vince McMahon either decided that a good swerve would shake things up to defy fan expectations, or he no longer feared WCW at all and figured that such non-pleasing set of events wouldn't really hurt his company at all. In fact, Nitro was preempted the following night for retooling, so it seems Vince didn't fear losing much of his audience. While WrestleMania 2000 is often remembered for the changeover of talent, those in the latter and two fall matches especially, the main event stands out as the most, as the really the porch of the show, I'd say, the, the main focal point and definition of the event itself. While the wrestlers did the work, it was the McMahons, namely Vince and Stephanie, that took hold of the spotlight. In a sense, you can't blame them. It was a self-congratulating moment when Vince embraced his daughter with just a hug at the show's conclusion, but the picture spoke in a clear tone. It said, we run this company and we dominate the business. If we want to end the biggest show of the year by making the parting, sh- the parting shot ours, then we'll do it. We're the, we're the McMahons. We own this company. We own wrestling, in a sense. Sadly, this would be just just be the beginning of a McMahon overdose that would occasionally worsen well after the death of the Attitude Era and the death of WCW. And really looking back at it, I believe the smarter move would have been to do a singles main event match, The Rock versus Triple H, probably would have made the most sense as Triple H was hitting his full stride, retiring McFoley, and then having The Rock, you know, the biggest up-and-coming star, you know, star. He was the, the main the main babyface at the time, uh, filling in and replacing, at that point, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and just building up and hyping up that match. If you want McFoley in there, you could have maybe prolonged the retirement match and did Triple H versus McFoley, and make that the retirement match to cap and end things off as McFoley's final match would be at WrestleMania, a la what Shawn Michaels did years later. But we've received a McMahon in every corner, big show involved, McFoley, Triple H, and The Rock, with an overdose, like I mentioned, of the McMahons at the end. What's most notable this year, this very year, WrestleMania 2000 for me, was prior to the event. This was the first year and only, I believe, year that they did the WrestleMania all-day-long access package. As starting at noon that day, they ran through and archived the history of WrestleMania on pay-per-view all the way through the event itself. It was 12 hours of programming, in a sense, when you combine the pay-per-view in, it, uh, in its own right. I loved it because I had friends over. You know, they started coming at noon and trickled away in through throughout the entire show. You know, up until the show started, we all watched the event together, like our typical WrestleMania parties. But it was cool to kind of have, because I would play WrestleMania as myself 
uh, either tape or DVD in lieu of the big event. Now, I put, we, uh, of course, either if I, go the, if I go to the event live, I'm there, of course, in person, or if I'm at home, we'll play the Hall of Fame, ramp up, show favorite matches up until WrestleMania. This was done for us already, as the WF provided the content going over every WrestleMania leading up to the 16th installment. That was my highlight, is leading up to the big event. They were hoping to get big numbers by having people sign up for that package. It seemed to be not a bit huge success, as it would not be done the next year or any years after. But to me, that was my favorite part of this year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2000. Fans, another WrestleMania in the books in WrestleMania Rush. Another event in California, Anaheim once again, a home for WrestleMania. So that closes the door on a McMahon in every corner. And we'll take it home with our old school theme of the night. The number one Billboard chart single was by Faith Hill Breathe. I like the song. It was a decent title. But one of my favorite songs at that point in the late 90s entering the year 2000 was the number two hit single. Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas. So we'll take you home with the number two single of the year 2000. My graduating year of high school, entering college to a new part and stage of my life. And I entered it with Rob Thomas and Smooth. So until next time, as we continue WrestleMania Rush, this is your party host leading the way, Sean Beckerman signing off. Till next time. Stay old school, my friends.
Bye.